Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Point out the colors of you I see them too And boy, I like them I like them I like them We way too fly to partake In all this hate We out here vibing We vibing We vibing Alexa, play Ariana Grande Okay With Amazon Music A voice is all you need Get tens of millions of songs Download the Amazon Music app today What's up, everybody? Welcome into the latest Windy City Gridiron Radio with you, as always, your host, Robert Soblinski. And today, in the next of our season previews, we'll be looking at Foxborough, Massachusetts, and, of course, the New England Patriots. I'm pleased to be joined to, uh, by one of, I guess, like a salary. I don't know. I, I'm not sure how to perfectly describe him. I guess a salary cap nerd, um, but in a good way. Brian Phillips of SB Nation's Pat's Pulpit will help me preview the Patriots. Uh, there's been a little bit of drama, at least for spring, of late with them. Uh, and then the Bears-Patriots matchup, will get to that near the end. The, te- the two teams meet again in this October, so that should be fun. Uh, Brian, what's up? How's it going, man? I'm glad to be here. Salary cap nerd is, is completely fine. There's nothing not nerdy about it. Um, it's probably the, the nerdiest thing about me. So, uh, but you know, it, t- to each his own. Um, yeah, let's let's talk some football, man. I'm, I'm I'm dying for some football. So, let's get into it. Um, okay, so Uncle Vincentelli, then uh, we're not really going to be talking football at the start. I think you, I, I sent you the rundown. Yeah. Um, so Tom Brady, not an organized team activities for the Patriots. Rob Gronkowski, I believe, seeking a new deal, correct? Not an, either at organized team activities. Julian Edelman suspended for four games um, because it's, it, uh, in the words of Pro Football Weekly's Eric Edholm, uh, it's, it's hard grit, bro. You wouldn't understand. That's a substance that, that, that was undefined. And... Um, there was a little drama of whether Rob Gronkowski was actually about to be traded or not traded. Uh, depends on what you believe in the reporting. Um, is this just business as usual for the Patriots to get past regular off-season crap? Or is this something to be concerned about, Brian? Uh, you know, as long as it's not a uh, an organization uh, crippling scandal, uh, I'm cool with it. You know, uh, as long as we don't have, uh, pri- you know, independent investigators being tasked upon new England and, uh, and, and, and vague, uh, press releases from, from the, uh, NFL front office, uh, regarding punishments and, and things of these, uh, things of that nature. I'm cool with whatever else, uh, whatever other off season headlines we want to spin up. Um, of course, you know, May and June, this time of year, everything is, is blown up to, uh, you know, completely blown out of proportion. 
and uh, I, I don't, there's nothing serious here. It's, there's just some uh, some things that are you know, people are getting. Uh, you know, it's going to take some time in getting used to the fact that Tom Brady actually spent a couple weeks outside of of Massachusetts during the off season uh, schedule. People uh, people will eventually get over it and realize that. It, a 40 year old can uh, take a little time off and, and recharge for a little bit. And with Gronk, uh, the writing's been on the wall for him, you know, uh, as a top five weapon in the league, the guy's got to get compensated, man. And, uh, and he's exercising the only leverage he knows how to exercise. Of course, Gronk and exercise go hand in hand. And, uh, and, and you know, they were still in, they were still in mini camp last week too, uh, and decided to take this week off um, much to the chagrin of, of Patriots fans. But, not, you know, it's pretty much a whole lot of nothing, just like your typical offseason. In terms of – so, I mean, as, as long as the team's performing well is what I'm gauging here, once the regular season comes and there's no scapegoats to, 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 to take away from the offseason, I'm gauging that you, just, you don't really care about what's, what's, what goes on in spring. I mean, you care a little bit, like, in terms of the draft, but anything after that just – Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the media is going to grasp on any story they can. Uh, the, the, the Patriots provide a good bit of them because, uh, you know, with, with them trying to keep information from getting out, obviously any information that does get out um, becomes becomes a large story, obviously. Uh, and really, the whole reason this offseason has been so, so different uh, in, in that sense is because of the fact that that it, it hasn't been as much of a, you know, us against the world mentality by the actual players like Tom and, and, and Brock taking the time away from the team and, and, and passing up on some, some non-mandatory things. And uh, so it's been, it's been a little different, but uh, when, when push comes to shove and training camp comes around, uh, everybody's going to be on the, on the field, whether they have an extension or not. Um, and, and I think we're still going to see some quality football out of them regardless. So I, I don't see much coming out of any of these uh, any of these storylines, except of course for the fact that Julian Edelman, uh, as of right now, won't be playing for the first four games in September. Brian, there was a story back on I believe January or February, and I think, and again, this this I'm going to leave it up to your interpretation, and, and again, what you believe in the reporting from I, I think that was Mike Rice, correct or? No, 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 that was uh, Seth Wickersham uh, back in January and February, and then now you have um, whoever reported the Gronk trade, and there was a bit of a, a little bit of a craft veto, I guess, if you can do that in the NFL. Um, I think what I'm getting at here is there seems to be, at least from an outside perspective, you'll know better, uh, of a bit of a Belichick and a Brady and a Kraft, and a Bob Kraft, the Patriots owner, a bit of a schism. Um is there anything to this? Um, how? What, what? And like, put put this on a scale of one to ten. Your concern and and um, just in general, what's gone on in the past year or so in New England? I mean, you you saw part of that uh, manifest in the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, um, where Bill Belichick didn't actually want to get rid of him, but uh, apparently, according to that original report from ESPN, yeah, you know, from. From my perspective, I kind of look at it from two different ways. I, 
I know what what Patriots fans answer is. Uh, Patriot. The answer from Patriots fans is is very stern, and it's oh my god, media is just trying to craft this crazy story, and it's and it's all un you know uh, <laughs> unnamed sources and blah blah blah. You know, and I really I, I really try to go against that group think mentality. Of course, you know Patriots fans, we, you know, the fan base has quite the. Uh, you know, the connotation in some online circles of coming off that way. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, for me, I root for, uh, you know, I do a little more of, you know, root for the, the headlines. Part of me almost wants there to be something, um, something, something that's cynical and, and, and something we haven't seen before. Uh, although I don't think there's much, there, there really isn't much to it when in reality, when you're looking at it, it's really just, of course, you've got people working together for 20 years, uh, you know, some big egos, some big, you know, very, some of the most accomplished guys in in the game. Um, Relationships don't really last this long in professional sports. And we haven't really seen one last this long and be this effective, you know, and, and how they, uh, and and how those, how this relationship eventually comes to an end uh, is what's going to be so interesting. And if, and if it's as boring and and, and 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 plain as Patriots fans would make you want to believe, well, then that's just not as fun, is it? Yeah. I mean, I guess when you've been such a consistent contender, any flair in the offseason of a team that's just, I guess, so bored, bored winning all the time, I, that, that that makes it more interesting, Brian. I'm, 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 I'm kidding around a little bit, but... <laughs> right, yeah, of course. Um... Let's move over to that Gronkowski deal, and I believe he has one year left on his contract. Off the top of my head, I was—I I did bring yeah. it up. He has one yeah. year left on the top of his contract. Um, I do know actually where you stand on this, but I want you to paint both scenarios. So, in the event that the the Patriots did extend Gronk, um, what are what's the positive to the scenario, and what's the pitfall, and then? Um, what would you do within your own independent opinion after laying it out? Yeah, well, see, I, I am uh, I'm so pro player that uh, you know, I can't be trusted here because if uh, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm handing out contracts to everybody: Earl Thomas, Julio Jones, Rob Gronkowski. They're all getting contracts. Yeah, Let me, here you go. Let's figure out a way to make this. Uh, let's figure out a way to make it happen, but realistically there absolutely is uh, there's something to be said for for getting Gronk some more compensation uh his his deal was such a large extension um and it was so long ago it was done with two years uh two it was done two years early and then an option kicked in and we're we're on the final option years which we knew when it was signed it was going to be extremely team friendly and given how much the cap has gone up in the last even in the last five years uh every deal from every positional group is becoming, you know, team friendly three years from now. So uh, the fact that a top five, he's still a top five offensive weapon in the league when he's healthy, of course. Uh, the fact that he is is not earning the most money over the next two years in cash, uh, you know, he's and you know his first team All Pro last year, which triggered uh, the rest of his five million dollar incentive tier. Um, which they the team added on last May uh, because to help him, it, it was a very team friendly thing to do. 
But I think that, you know, if they wanted to go back to something like that this year, they could go back to that. But honestly, uh, a long-term extension for Gronk and a guy with that kind of injury history would be tough. So you're saying that Travis Kelsey, the actual best tight end in the NFL, should be should be okay with the security, right? Is this is this the uh, the Chiefs the chiefification of the Chicago Bears fan base right now that I'm hearing this uh, this this um, Matt Nagy uh, you know influence creeping no, in? Cause that, no, because that would be that would be me saying that Trey Burton's the best tight end in the NFL, and that's going to happen too. So eventually, well, how is, I don't know how he's going to. Uh, I mean, <laughs> How is he going to outdo Adam Shaheen? I mean, it's it's there's how many there's not enough balls to go around in that offense these days. Nothing I say, almost nothing I say is rooted than logic. Just let me say it, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so you wouldn't give so so you're saying you wouldn't give an extension to an almost thirty year old tight end with extensive injury issues? What is wrong with you? What is wrong with? Well, if, if if I had to, if I was forced to go back to the drawing board and be pragmatic about it, after you know having to get over the fact that I can't just write checks to every single person who knocks on my door, um, as a pro, for, uh, as a player-friendly owner, um, you know, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And that the whole, the whole, that what's so interesting about the Patriots, this this whole dynasty right now is that 2019 is this this trigger year where Tom Brady's contract is up, Gronk's contract is up, Julian Edelman's contract is up. It you know, and and what they are going to do moving forward from all of these deals is 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 the over is is the the biggest headline that nobody's talking about because everybody's a little afraid to talk about it and and uh, when Jimmy Garoppolo was traded away last year, obviously it was when we you know, you heard a lot of that. And now it's kind of, well, what the hell are we going to do after 2019? And, you know, when it comes to extending a guy like Gronk, like you said, the injury history, the age, um, you know, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. Makes sense to me for as much as I'll, as as I'll prod you. (laughs) (laughs) The, so not to relive it, but we do have to relive it. The Patriots lost Super Bowl Fifty Two. Brian, um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure at this point you don't care that much because you're just in the you're, you guys are in the Super Bowl every year, so it's just like you either win or lose, right? Right. It's uh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. What Super Bowl are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, one of those kind of. Deals. Oh yeah, the most recent one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, nevertheless, the Patriots did fall to the Eagles and yeah. uh, <laughs> and Nick Foles. Um, we're going to get more into actual football talk uh, after this, actual roster breakdowns or whatever else. Um, but just as a general, is the biggest area the Patriots need to improve in to say you know, maybe they play the Vikings this year in the Super Bowl. Um, they, get, they, they win the end of AFC again. What is the biggest area they need to improve in to come out on top this time around? God, the Vikings would be an absolute nightmare. Um, you know, I've been, I've been blowing the uh, interior defensive line horn all off season. It's, it's, a uh, really, it was a, an area of strength in the, in the, in the years when the Patriots won, uh, going back to 2016, uh, Allen branch was still playing at an unbelievable level, um, on the interior, uh, Malcolm Brown played a lot better in 2015 or excuse me, 2016 than he did last year. And, uh, 
there wasn't um, Jabal Sheard was still uh, was still on the team uh, in 2015, and we saw obviously um, getting rid of Chandler Jones uh, really how that impacted things further down the line. Last year is when it really caught up to them, and uh, the defensive line really got uh, didn't get much of a, a reboot um, this offseason. They added Danny Shelton, who they'll have for one year. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option, but he's more of, again, that, that plotting, two-gapping uh, defensive tackle type, not that interior uh, rusher. Um, and I'm trying not to bring up Akeem Hicks. I, I just said it. So, so getting rid of Akeem Hicks, uh, a guy who is renowned as an all-pro defender and who is one of my sons, not my primary son, but is one of my sons. Um, yeah. If he's one of your sons, how am I related in this scenario? Then am I like, am I a weird, you know, like uncle? Am I? You're like, you the, know? Cool, you're like the cool. So you know how like families have, um, like your like your parents when you were younger, they would call like their really good friends. You'd call them uncle. So that's kind of like what you are. Like you're an <sighs> uncle, but you're not really related. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like the kids grow up and they don't ever really like when the kids get to be like in their 20s, they look back and they think about those people in their lives and they go, that guy was kind of creepy. He hung around a lot and he was in a lot of our family dynamic. It was a little weird. Um, yeah, yeah they, they, they look back at it, but ultimately they, 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 they just don't care about you anymore and they love their, <laughs> they, they love their dad more because of the great pat, green and orange passion. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and that beautiful contract, that deserved contract. <laughs> I'm telling you, Akeem Hicks was awesome for us, and uh, and and he, uh, I'm glad he found a good home, and and, and he was uh, well appreciated. Appreciated. I, I remember. Guys. I remember the. I remember the scenario you posed to me. Would I trade Akeem Hicks for any of the championships the Patriots have won? And I'd be, and I, and I still stand by the stance that. <laughs> I would rather the Bears earn theirs with Hicks on the roster than take any of your pity, Brian. I stand by that. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's where it's, that's where it's at right now with with uh, this offseason. The Patriots fans really haven't. Uh, I've been trying to get people on board about how they 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 need to address the interior of that defensive line. They got absolutely steamrolled in the, in the Super Bowl. Um, of course, who who didn't get steamrolled by that foul, uh, by that Eagles offensive line? But uh, you know the ability to get that interior pass rush um, it, it is huge, uh, especially when they don't when the Patriots just don't blitz a, a whole lot. Um, we'll see if that changes a little bit more under Brian Flores, who's taking over for Matt Patricia, who's obviously in Detroit. Um, but uh, you know they they added Danny Shelton, they added Adrian Claiborne from Atlanta, but you know still didn't. Uh, it comes back to losing Akeem Hicks and not drafting my son Maurice Hurts from Michigan. So you know what? What can you do? <laughs> you sound so mad for a team that, like, is in the Super Bowl every other. I, I, mm-hmm. I, 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 I get it. I get it. I know. Like, you, there's just because like you, there's still things to gripe about it, but it's just funny to me. You don't know real struggle, Brian. <laughs> I'm just barely old enough to know real struggle. Just, just barely. Oh yeah, right before, uh, right before, right right before the Brady era. I guess you, yeah. My my first game it was in Foxborough in 1994 with Drew Bledsoe against the Lions. Lost to the Lions on a Jason Hansen field goal. So I know about loss. <laughs> that would never happen. That would never happen. Now you're spoiled. <laughs> 
anyway. We're off the um, rails. Here we go. No, that's 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 a normal thing for this podcast. Um, <laughs> the receivers. So we have the Edelman suspension right now. He's going to miss the first four games of the season. We'll see how appeals go, whatever else in that process. Uh, Brandon Cooks was also traded. Um, not to say that he wasn't uh, a big gauging by what uh, what I've read in articles and on the general Twitter timeline. He was kind of a disappointment, though. Um, what is the plan here at receiver? Because right now, I mean, what you can count on is Gronk, and then um, even uh, Danny Amendola left for Miami. So there's a lot of new moving parts here in the Patriots' offense. What's the replacement plan like, Brian? That is such a great question. Um, well, the plan was to have Julian Edelman immediately back into that X wide receiver slot role, and obviously we'll see how that uh, works out with the suspension. Um, but, you know, they brought in uh, a Jordan Matthews, um, an extremely team-friendly deal. Uh, and, of course, they still have Kenny Britt that they signed to a, uh, an extension, a one-year extension last year when they, uh, when they, when they brought him in. Uh, during the uh, during the season, uh, I'm a Ken, I, I'm a Kenny Britt fan. I'd like to see his size uh, added to the roster. It sounds like he's he's picking up the playbook fine. Uh, he had a hamstring tweak this you know past week or so, but you know, it's, it shouldn't be a big deal. But um, a lot of you know a lot is going to rest on the shoulders of Chris Hogan. Unfortunately, uh, Patriots Nation. Unfortunately, what's that? Unfortunately, why unfortunately? Well, see, now it sounds as if you have have, have traveled into uh, a little too deep into Patriots Twitter, uh, Robert. Uh, on occasion, on occasion, yes. I, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, Chris Hogan is in fact not very good, uh, <laughs> and, and and that's actually something that uh, I hope this doesn't make it into Patriots Twitter. I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some crossover. But uh, no, Chris Hogan's just is not is not good. He's a he's a product of of the Patriots system and, and as blasphemous as that sounds to pay, I don't understand why there's so much hatred towards that take of mine, but he's really strictly, he's a product of the system. He has never caught more than I believe 45 passes in a season two years ago. I and mean, he was hurt for, I believe seven games last year. Uh, he, he lost snaps to Philip Dorsett last year uh, when it was unclear if he was completely healthy or not. Um, yeah, he had 17 yards per reception two years ago, uh, but I mean, he caught 36 passes, and yeah. he also had, you know, there there's a reason they brought Brandon Cooks in last year to be the deep threat. Um, he's just not very good, so uh, a lot's going to rest on his shoulders uh, initially. Uh, Philip Dorsett, why he can't be at all versatile in his skill set. I don't understand. I don't understand why he can't learn the playbook and, and play the slot. He's just not very good either. Uh, but Tom will make do in, the, in the, the, the Patriots offense will make do with what they have utilized the, the running backs that got now with Sony and, and, uh, and James White and Rex and, and everything's going to be fine. Well, of it's course just, it is. It's, it's, it's just annoying with Chris Hogan being out there. It's the Patriots, of course. Everything's going to be fine. That's that, that's that's the logic and the fortune here. I'm just, I'm just playing to the crowd, Ryan. Uh, um, well, no. See, no. Before we move on, that's we've. I think you commented on it. The poll I had, like maybe a month ago, I put out a poll on page on on my on Twitter, and I said, "Would you rather have it, you know, starting 
is the wide receiver two for the Patriots in 2018, Des Bryant or Chris Hogan. And Chris Hogan won out 51-49, and I wanted to throw my computer in the Detroit River. I, I, can't, I cannot believe how much people think Chris Hogan is, is that capable where he, is, he, he outperformed Des Bryant, regardless of where people think Des Bryant's at. Every every fan base has their the bias for their guys, Brian. Like I understand, I know it's bad. Who's the, who's the Bears guy? Venture into Bear Venture, and just 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 be like Bears Twitter hangs more on pro football focuses ratings of calling Adrian Amos an elite safety more than anyone I've ever seen, and this is a guy who has one reception. In three seasons, like he's a perfectly fine safety. I have no problems with him as a player, but just everyone thinks he's this elite, irreplaceable guy, and he isn't. Like he's fine. He he makes tackles. He's essentially uh, he's essentially a four uh, a fifth linebacker in the Bears three four scheme. Like, I, but he's not that great. But he's he's a, he's the Chris Hogan of the Bears defense. Because, I mean, that's, that's seriously what it is. It's infuriating. Everyone has that. Everyone has that person. Everyone has that. Person. Well, I just can't imagine what would happen if Chris Hogan got a ninety-two point five PFF rating or whatever. Oh my god! But, you no, you'd want you. You'd be in my boat, and then especially with the Patriots being, you know, much more consistent, consistently a contender. Like yours would would reign much, much more. Like I imagine right now, the 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 Chris Hogan for Patriots Twitter is the same level as as Adrian Amos for Bears Twitter. But you've seen how the Bears haven't made the playoffs since. 2010 and the Patriots are a consistent contender. If Chris Hogan got a 92.5 pro football focus rating, Brian, you'd delete your account. You would. Oh like, my God. No, I can see it right now. The talk is, you know, where does Chris Hogan's upcoming contract slot in? Do you, do we franchise tag him? Oh my God. I have to stop. We have to stop. <laughs> I was, I find it interesting that you're not a part of Braxton Berrios hive. Um, I think you did just mention him slightly, but you don't think he's going to have a big role in the Patriots offense? Um, I don't, I think, um, well, so Austin Carr was the guy last year right? out of, out of Northwestern, Austin Carr. Oh my God. Preseason darling have to find a way to make the roster. Well, no, he, he didn't. He was caught. It happens every year The the hot off the press guy, he, there's just no room for him, you know, try to squeeze him on the practice squad. Somebody picks him up. Um, it, I think, I think Branson Berrios has to beat out Riley McCarron, who is a, a slot guy. It's exactly the same guy. White white dude playing the slot, five ten from Iowa. Um, he was on the practice squad all last year for the Patriots. Um, I, I think if Braxton Berrios can beat out Riley McCarron, then maybe one of those two could find their way out of the practice squad this year. But uh, that is also an, I'm going to catch them. Uh, I know. I, I just. You, you you know who the who the Bears tan, like the Bears like Austin Carr slash Braxton Berrios is and I, I just like to do this because I like to detail my trolling. You know who that is? Who? Brian Tanner Gentry. I don't know if you ever saw. <laughs> so I had I, I, I just wanted to say this publicly, not 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 even in general because we're on like a Patriot like because whatever podcast it was going to be. I had a sarcastic tweet last week. Um, I think one of the Pro Football Weekly writers noted how Gentry looks fine and, and beat Kyle Fuller on a pass. And I sarcastically tweeted, hey, 
I know the Bears have Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, and Anthony Miller now, but watch out for Gentry. He's going to really show everybody the ropes. And <laughs> I swear to God, anything, anytime I tweet anything, that was, like, that was 100% sarcastic. Like, <laughs> and I got at least four or five members of Gentry's family that's on Twitter that retweeted that and favorited it, and then like half of Bears Twitter like lashed out to me. I'm like, guys, no, I wasn't being serious. He's like, he's not even going to make the rock. Oh no! Immediately, I, I see like Brady Gentry. I see like t- I see like like I think his mom or girlfriend or something. Like <sighs> guys, guys, I'm like I didn't, I didn't want to give you that false hope. He's, he has no <laughs> he has no chance of making the roster. No. Yeah, oh, but God. yeah, the fans fans become enamored, you know, and it, it, it's hard it's hard to you know they have these cult followings for these guys, and and uh, every every yeah every fan base is. Uh, Every fan base prone to it. Yeah, that's why undrafted free agents like that. that, that, that that's why it's so popular. I mean, it's obvious. Um, we, we without getting a few more tangents, um, let's jump into free agency. We kind of have we've kind of like detailed it a little bit already. Um, but Patriots two thousand. So the Patriots two thousand eighteen free agency class. Danny Shelton. Um, we're gonna say free. We're gonna say free agents and trades. It's the same thing. Yeah. In March, whatever. So. Uh, Danny Shelton and Jason McCordy in trades, Adrian Claiborne, solid pass rusher, Jeremy Hill, uh, Cordero Patterson, Jordan Matthews. And I, and, I, and I pull up this link, and it doesn't have the 49ers tackle. What's the name of the 49ers tackle? Trent Brown? Yeah. And then Trent Brown from the 49ers. So talk to me about the impact that you expect from this free agent class and, and who you think is going to be the most important player. You know, it's funny. It's funny you, you brought trades into it because literally all of, the, of those are trades. So, well, I'm, I'm reading off that pulpit, so right. You know, and it, it's well, it's just funny. It, uh, you know, those obviously were the biggest offseason additions, and how much how much Bill has gone into this mode of of trading draft capital for pro personnel. And we look at why, you know, and then he goes into the draft and sheds his entire draft for 2019 for, for more draft capital and 2019 yeah. draft capital. And he's going to do the same exact thing. Um, you can, you can see it coming uh, because of how much teams are valuing, you know, third round picks, obviously, uh, you know, uh, thank you guys for, for the, uh, well, sorry, the, um, yeah, it's a, it's a bear third round pick we got, is it not? From the draft trade for 2019. Oh, oh no, yeah, for it's Anthony uh, Miller for Anthony Miller, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, we also got a from Detroit. So, I mean, Bill, I mean, Bill can, in, in a time when we're talking about, you know, is Earl Thomas going to get flipped for a second round pick? You know, how much teams are valuing this draft capital? Um, it's definitely something to keep. You know, keep an eye on. Uh, he, Bill's definitely not done. Um, even it doesn't matter what time of year it is. Bill likes to pull, you know, pull the trigger. Um, but I think the biggest impact signing is going to end up being uh, Adrian Claiborne on the defensive line, just because he's got that. Uh, he's got a strong bull rush. He can add a little bit of something to the pass rush on the interior on third downs. Um, and let Trey. It, it, it primary. It lets Trey Flowers stay outside. Uh, and, and do his thing on the outside and develop more on the edge instead of having to kick inside, him and Dietrich Wise having to kick inside. Um, and then Trent Brown coming in, 
the size of Trent Brown is alarming. The guy is six, like six eight, three hundred and sixty pounds. It's like it, it's 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 weird how big he is, and uh, you know he looked like he was he was getting a, a few uh, snaps for whatever they're worth in OTAs and minicamp uh, at left tackle. I personally think he'll be the swing tackle, um, backing up Isaiah Wynn uh, at left tackle and and Cannon. Um, on the right side, but uh, definitely a, a big depth piece for, for them to add, especially when you've got a, you know, a rookie left tackle uh, situation going on. So pr- pretty excited about that. <laughs> so you're telling me you would have paid Nate Solder the highest paid, you would have given him the highest paid <laughs> tackle contract in the league. That's, is that what you're saying? Like you, you'd go back and walk all the way back. Brian, do you have regrets? <laughs> Man, you know, that, that contract was something else. I, uh, I mean, I, you know, I was, I was saying it all year that it was going to be the largest contract in, you know, for a lineman in NFL history. And, and, and the, actually the amount of people that did, you know, that agreed, uh, people are starting to catch up how, how these things work now, um, how it's no longer about skill when you hit the market. It's about, you know, timing and it's yeah. about, uh, necessity, you know, it's about when you hit the market, uh, and how much competition you have out there, and you know, good for it couldn't have couldn't have happened to a better guy. I mean, so it's awesome. Um, his family's been through a ton, you know, with his son having cancer uh, and everything. Um, but uh, yeah, sixty-two million, I believe, thirty-six or forty-one of it guaranteed, something like that. Um, that's wild. That's buck wild. I, I like how amicable and and and, and courteous and. And no, and anyone listening can't hear it or see it. Rather, I could see it. I bet like your fist is just like trembling under the desk, like you're so mad that you're like, <laughs> like, like, like you're putting on a good face, Brian. I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, but, see, but I'm, but I'm, I'm like such an Isaiah Wynn stand. Like it, it's this is awesome. Now, now I'm on the crusade of Isaiah Wynn starting at left tackle and not you know kicking him to left guard and kicking Joe Tooney on the bench and starting to trade, you know, that's a big thing. Everybody wants Trent Brown at left tackle and win to go to guard. No, no, no. I want win at left tackle. My, that's my guy now. They very clearly are trying to match the Bears in terms of stud Georgia players. I have to say Roquan Smith and Leonard Floyd a little better than Isaiah Wynn and Sony Michelle, uh, and I'm definitely not biased, but um, – <laughs> So Isaiah Wynn, the first-round pick, you just noted, uh, he's in tackle, but a lot of people have scouted him as a guard, interior offensive lineman. Uh, Sonny Michelle, uh, the terrific running back from Georgia, Duke Dawson in the second-round cornerback. Uh, then the Patriots, as you kind of just alluded to a few minutes ago, shed a lot of their third- and fourth-round draft pick assets and didn't pick again until the fifth with Juwan Bentley, Christian Sam, we get to Braxton Berrios, Hive, Danny Etling, Kellen Crossan, Ryan Izzo. At this point, we're just kind of getting into names that may or may not make the roster. Um, obviously, the headlines here are Wynn and Michelle. What – and you can kind of just continue into your Wynn rant that I interrupted. Um, what what kind of an impact are you expecting from both of these, both of these guys as rookies, um, kind of new Patriots offensive linchpins? I am. I'm, I'm over the moon about the two picks. Um Obviously, if I couldn't have Mo Hurst, my, my son, uh-huh. uh, you know, Isaiah Wynn, Isaiah Wynn was my favorite guy, my, my favorite lineman coming out. Uh, 
I, I'm the kind of guy where I, I'm, I'm just starting to, to, you know, scratch the surface of, of the, you know, of draft Twitter and scouting and, and really learning the ins and outs of how the process works, you know, the draft process and watching the seat, you know, the senior bowl. I've never been down there, uh, you know, watching all the practices and as much as, you know, getting as much of that content as I can. Um, and everybody rant and raved about him. Um, and, uh, the more I went back and looked at him, he, the guy's just a stud and, uh, yeah, his arms are a little short, but uh, Dante Scarnecchia, um, offensive line coach for the Patriots, uh, you know the guy's a wizard, and uh, you know if if he if he says he can play left tackle, I'm good with it. Uh, and yeah, obviously Sony Michelle losing losing Deion Lewis is uh, is going to be big. Um, it's tough to replace a guy like Deion Lewis, uh, one of the most underrated guys in the league, any position. Deion Lewis was unbelievable last year. Sony Michelle will add definitely uh, will help ease that uh, that loss, um, and I, you know add a little something more dynamic. The guy, the guy's balance through contact and, and, and his burst is uh, something that we haven't seen in the panel. Um, it's really exciting. The, the guy's going to be great, and then obviously you've got you know he's a perfect complement to to what Rex Burkhead and James White will be able to do. Um, uh, you know, your your four down uh, guy like Rex Burkhead, who can even maybe hope, I don't know, maybe even pitch in in the slot a little bit. And then Duke Dawson, uh, Duke Dawson. Uh, everybody says he's strictly a slot corner. I haven't seen a ton of them. Um, you know, we'll see. It, it feels like a pretty standard uh, standard Bill Belichick defensive back pick. He likes guys that can get up uh, and, and make tackles, blind scrimmage, and. Uh, and can handle themselves in press coverage. So, you know, we'll see. He's going to have, uh, he's going to have a long, uh, a lot of competition for snaps and camps. So yeah. Uh, other than that, it was a very brutal draft weekend. <laughs> I was going to mention with Michelle, because there's Burkhead and there's James White and there's also Jeremy Hill. And then there's Mike Gillisley, who I remember you sabotaged with me with fantasy football. Um, but we're not going to talk about that. And then now, also, <laughs> and then Michelle. So where does uh, – talk to me about the hierarchy. We'll, we'll rank those five runners. It's a very crowded backfield in Foxborough. Yeah. You know, the, the way the Patriots do it now is, is they don't want – they don't want one guy doing – you know, they don't necessarily need one guy that does it all. They, they're parting it out, and they're, and they're specializing. And – uh and we've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of that around the league. We've seen, you know, we're seeing that obviously in Chicago with, uh, oh man, Tariq Cohen is awesome, but uh, we'll get there. Um, yeah, you know, with James White being, you know, the primary third down back, he's on the field uh, just about every third down. Um, and then they want, uh, you know, and Rex, Rex is that is is that crossover. I mean, the guy literally is a, you know, he's a pump protector on four. You'll see him on third downs, and he's also he's also really good in short yardage. Um, missed some games last year due to injury, but uh, he's really good in short yardage. He gave him another contract, uh, a three-year deal. Go back and look at it. Um, but I think you're going to see uh, Sony step right in, and, and you're going to see the battle will be Jeremy Hill and Mike Gillisley for that fourth uh, that fourth back spot because Brandon Bolden will make the roster as a special teams guy. Um, you could see actually Hill and Gillisley cut to make room. There's a lot, a lot of ways they could go with it. But I think you're looking at Sony Michelle getting a, a primary amount of the carries this year. Um, 
with uh, with Rex with Rex getting uh, I'd say maybe if, if Sony got sixty percent you'd have probably thirty percent to Rex and you know here and there with James White but uh, I, I'm excited to see how they how they mesh. Oh man, Jeremy Hill's career ever since that fumble in that Pittsburgh wild card. He was a he was he was good for a little bit and now he's like the fourth yeah, or fifth right you know, he's, I, I liked him. I liked him. You know I don't it, 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 the the funniest thing, I think the funniest thing is uh is fan reaction to signings in, in, in April and March. Like, oh Jeremy Hill, let's look yeah. at Let's look at how unbelievable he was four years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we could get him back. Well, I'm saying, yeah, a while back, he was good. Not There's you. I mean, Patriots, like, Patriots fans, there was a faction of Patriots to it. It was like, hey, if anybody can get the most out of them, it could be Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, guys. But, you, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, you know. Maybe, yeah. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I, I should have put this in the, in the, um, before we got to the actual, actual Bears and Patriots. Um, is it like it? Is it like this to the point with Patri- with the Patriots fan base now, where the team can literally touch any player in any acquisition, and the the, the fan base just will agree with with Bill no matter what. Um, and then it's like, and it's guys like you that cover the team that would be like, well, no, okay, maybe he's a little wrong. Is, is that is that essentially what, what's happened in this era? If, if, you, if I had been asked this question like a year and a half ago, um, I think I probably would have a different answer for you. But now, for whatever reason, no matter what, anybody that writes anything or reports on anything says – a large faction of the readership will disagree regardless of what it is. Really? And yeah, I I don't, it's this weird dynamic of, you know, fake news. Everything's fake news. I don't know if that's what it is or what, but like, and and especially in Patriots land, when, when, when it comes to, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the Seth Wickersham piece and, and anybody, anybody using a non naming name or whatever. It's immediately if your name's not Mike Reese and if your name's not Jeff Howe from the you know the Athletic, then we can't trust you. Um, and then there's also like the other part of that is there's also this growing sentiment, this this crazy like dark anti Belichick sentiment crowd creeping up now because of the Malcolm Butler thing that still hasn't gone completely away. Like you, I knew there would be some reaction. Like, oh, Bill Z goes out of control or whatever. And then eventually those people would get over it. There's still like, there's still a small percentage, a growing almost percentage of people that are like, well, maybe Bill's just lost his egos out of control. You know, I'm like, what? No. Yeah. It literally exists. And I, and I don't, I don't get it. So that, that faction is leaking into, well, let's double, let's start double, checking what Bill's doing on, you know, with these transactions. And is this in the best interest for the team? Well, what if he didn't trade Jimmy? Then he didn't have to do that transaction. Like all this craziness that I think is, I could probably just attribute to it being June in the off season and we're all just desperate. I, w- I was hoping, I was hoping you'd, you'd, you'd narrow it down a little bit. That just sounds like 
don't trust any parts of the Patriots fan base. It's just like a schism everywhere. So. <laughs> I was hoping narrow it down a little better, but th- th- that puts it into some kind of clarity. There's uh, some dark corners, man. There's some dark corners. You know, you know, it's the internet. What are you going to do? <laughs> Um, uh, <clears throat> let's finally get to the fun part, um, where Matt Nagy's Bears are going 19-0, and the Patriots are merely just another stepping stone, uh, um, a little mid-October stepping stone. Um, on a serious note, 18-1, and and um, the Bears, as I've noted in the rundown that you see, have never beaten the Brady Belichick Patriots. This is that will so? More than likely, be their last chance at Tom Brady, unless he's playing into his mid forties, which I don't think anyone's going to. Um, Brian, talk to me about what is one aspect that the Bears should be concerned with with the Patriots, where the Patriots can exploit them. That is a lovely question. I so realistically, everybody now. I mean, everybody knows how to beat the Patriots, right? It's it's if if you can get pressure in Tom's face up the middle, you know that that's always that's always how it's going to happen, and it's not going to be a it's not going to be a thing where you consistently, you know, where you consistently dominate him throughout the game. Obviously, you need to get it to the point where you know, you're within a score or you're up, you know, you're up just, you know, maybe by a score or a field goal. And and in the fourth quarter, you need to be able to get that interior pressure in the fourth quarter specifically, um, because that's the only way to stop those late charges that Tom makes. And uh, because they're, they're, you know, there's, they're going to put a game plan together for the bears defense, uh, which I love, by the way, Um, I love the roster and the the things that they're doing outside of, uh, you know, I mean that safety, Adrian Amos. Uh, my God, what a, what a, what a talent! Um, I think Brian. That, I, I will hang up. On this, I will hang up on this podcast anyway. <laughs> I, I think. Um, I, I think. I don't know if it's just crazy June Brian talking right now, but man, I think the Bears could definitely, definitely give the Pats a game, uh, like a serious game. Uh, and do do some things on defense for that you know your son my you know my false nephew Akeem, uh you know and 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 I just, I can I can see it happening and uh, and so when I look at that Bears defensive roster I see like I see a Patriotsy type <laughs> defense with some. With consistent corners across the board, not, you know, not spectacular, but consistent corners across the board, um, and obviously, uh, Broquan Smith is going to be so freaking good. I can't, like, I, I cannot wait to see what he does. Uh, and then, obviously, uh, you've, I believe there's a pass rusher um, who uh, who this pod stands for quite hard that could make things uh, could make some noise. I'm sorry. Did you did you? Brian, what's what's going on here? You got me. I, I, I I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> um, 
What is one area that you would be particular? I think, I mean, just that's the answer that you'd be concerned about with the Bears team in general against the Patriots, that, that you think the Patriots should be more worried about perhaps or something they're not considering. Uh, are we talking about from a defense perspective or an offense? You can talk from either. You can talk from either side of the ball. It doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, you know, I've talked a little bit about the defense, but um, you know, if you know that, that offensive line is going to be able to to dictate, especially with was it, is James Daniels going to be locking into a left guard for you guys? Yeah, he'll he'll be the guard. Cody Whitehair is going to be center. So I like I like Daniels, man. Um, you know. You guys will have all the offensive weapons. There's, there's anything you need. You've got uh, obviously to be in, in Mitch's hands. Um, you know the Patriots defense. It, you know especially, especially earlier in the fall, they'll still be meshing. Um, what makes me nervous is a guy like Tariq Cohen getting into space uh, and and eating Kyle Van Noy alive on a wheel route. That's this. I just I can see it now, and I swear to God, it's going to happen. I just know it. I, I, it's just, it's the worst. It, it's already happening in OTAs and many camps to Kyle Van Noy. I see the tweets coming across the wheel route beats Van Noy. Damian Williams cooked him hard last year in Miami. Like it, it's. Oh my God. Imagine, now imagine Cohen on the same route. Oh man. He's, Cohen is already in the end zone right now. That's how, <laughs> that's how effective it's going to be. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I'm trying. Like, I, I probably sound quite optimistic for you guys. I imagine this is coming off as pretty optimistic, but uh, I mean, I don't. I, I like what you guys are doing so much that I think that it could be. It's an early game for the Patriots on the road at the early game in the schedule, and I think it could definitely be just just a, a really tight one. I mean, I don't. I don't have the Bears winning the game, and then I would and I would never pick against I would never pick the Bears against the Patriots these current Patriots in like a playoff game or a Super Bowl or anything either. But I mean, I don't I don't think New England. Well, I think New England's going to win. I don't think they're going to blow them out by any means. I think um, I mean, it's the capacity, like kind of like what you're saying. The Bears are well equipped to attack some of the Patriots' weaknesses, and the, the difference, I mean, in the end, is going to be that. I just I from my per point of view, and again, I it's here in your point of view, you're being nice to the Bears. Me, I'm just being honest about what the Patriots are. Um, like I just I, I I think Brady's gonna be within a score. He's gonna have the ball last. They're gonna and they're gonna beat the Bears, and it's gonna be a competitive game. Um, I, I think that's just the truth of it. I don't see the Patriots winning by like two or three scores. I think the Bears are past that era. Um, mercifully, what would happen with John Fox um, on a regular basis. But, you know, Tom is Tom, and the Bears are a young team. I don't think they're necessarily ready for that yet, for that kind of, like, gauntlet to go against one of the greatest of all time. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I guess it – so I guess it depends on, like, where you guys – I mean, where do you feel like you guys are in – if that is how it goes and it's, and it's Goskowski as time expires to win by two, I mean, where, where are you guys at with, you know, obviously moral victories suck and, you know, they don't exist in the NFL, whatever, but where does that, do you see, is that looked upon now as like serious progress? Like hell yeah. Or is it looked at like, God, we, we pissed away a real opportunity. 
I I mean, Chicago sports columnists, a lot of like the really entrenched older guys, the ones that no one likes anyway, they're known for being contrarian. So I guarantee someone would be saying, oh, man, we pissed a win, like, win away against the Patriots, blah, blah, blah. Oh, the Nagy era is never going to get off to a good start, even though it's only seven games in. Um, but anyone with a reasonable take, barring some kind of Marcus Cooper play, you don't you don't talk about the Marcus Cooper play against the Steelers. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Barring something like that, most reasonable people are going to see that as progress. Like, hey, we just took one of the best teams in the NFL down to the wire. Um, everyone thought, like, like the national perspective is, you know, most thought this would be a blowout, and we almost beat them. Like the Bears are. The Bears are progressing well, and they're on the right track. But we're still very, very, we're very much still in that moral victory stage. And most would take the moral victory because that's what it would be. Even if it, I mean, I, I know I understand those amount to nothing, but most reasonable people will take that. I, I'd, really? take, I, I'd be, I'd be mad for the first, you know, I, I'm going to be mad for the first ten minutes after Guskowski nails it at the end. But like, you know. For John sure. Fox Bears would have lost by forty. The Mark Trustman Bears did lose by forty. <laughs> I'm happy, you know. Right, like so, like growing up, like I, you know, I went to, I went to like high school and college in Michigan, and that's where I live now. Again, I lived in Chicago from like 2010 to last August, and so I've seen like the Lions and the Bears, like the fan bases and how how that like process works, and I've seen the Lions get to the the moral victory stage and then just kind of just coast there for a while. And I feel like you guys, I, I feel like if you got off to a, a nice start, I feel like that process could be accelerated to the point where it's not like hot takey, like all oh, the bears need to win this. But like, if you know, if you, you guys get off to like a four and two start next year, which I don't even know, I haven't even seen your schedule or whatever it is, but like at what point like next year do you start turning the like the the dial up on that and like start expecting like okay something's going on here like obviously everybody's playing for Matt Nagy and this is working like at, at what point do we turn the I mean Brian this is this is a t this is a city that's famous for the super fans the the, the Saturday night live skit so <laughs> if the Bears at any point the Bears haven't been over five hundred since two thousand fourteen in week three so if the Bears are over 500, I mean, even before the Patriots game, like this city's thinking Super Bowl, especially with the new coach. This city, I mean, unreasonably so, but that's just what's happening. Like everybody will would be drinking and will be drinking the Net Nagy Kool Aid if if they get anything right. close to a great start. That's just how it works. I mean, that's well, I guess like, the football like, city, like from like the per, like more of the perspective of, from like the the writing community and like and like us. Like, oh, from know, me, okay, yeah. You know, like from the guys that like we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't expect, you know, to be so easily over or like our community. Uh, so you're talking like the national perspective, or guy, or guys from like, like from like you know, like you know, Bears Twitter, like the no, the the in the know Bears Twitter guys. Oh man, I don't think I think. I don't think most of them would buy in until like late November or December. Once like the Bears are, you can reasonably put the Bears in like those TV playoff graphics of in the hunt. Um, or or flex schedule talk. Yeah, yeah, flex schedule talk. Like that's when it will start to get real. Anything in like September, October, most of those, most of like the what's the word for it, curmudgeons. 
they wouldn't budge until until, you, until there's like flex schedule talk until there's like you know it's really manifesting in the late season um i think people in general whether here or you know the, the um the in the know and the bearish twitter have mostly become so jaded so where that needs to happen at this point i guess and that, like, like i asked only because it's so interesting to me like the dynamic and like how small you know like how how you know small the faction of in the no bears twitter guys or for any fan base how small that cluster is compared to you know the large like listens to is what is it still espn 1000 out there yeah it's espn 1000 espn 1000 or you know or, you know and how much that influences you know you know all of a sudden it's bears super bowl talk after you're born too <laughs> i think that's that <laughs> dynamic is always always interesting to me for sure yeah no doubt i mean like i said Flex schedule in the haunt in November. That's when I take it real. That's that's that that that, that is part even slightly. I, and I saw this tweet it arise in the past few days. I wanted to know your. I'm going to say my answer first, and I'm going to let you close it out, Brian. Um, what are you? unapologetically pedantic about in language. So for me personally, when someone, and I'm going to have two answers here. It's when someone says personally after every, like a comma, after they give an opinion from like, for me personally, like I just, I just said it because I wanted to, I wanted it as a nice segue. I, I know too many people on Bears Twitter. I, I see it across like just in general, especially reading on Twitter, like no one really knows how. No one. I, I understand tweets are a little bit different context from actual writing, but like, if you're giving an opinion, you don't really have to put personally. Or that's almost like it's almost a verbal crutch in writing itself. Uh, and then the other really, really big one for me, and this is an actual writing. Oh man, anyone who just over, who just overuses just like it just just not it just does not need that emphasis, you know, Brian. It just doesn't have to happen. Like I'm doing it right now, and that's if you, just read an article where someone uses just like ten times in one paragraph, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I think you do know us as like this great emphasizer when you can just let your writing do the do the work for itself like you don't like it's such a crutch word to rely on and it makes it makes the writing seem so amateurish to me i i i i, I want to swear right now i was like i was really about to drop that but it annoys me to no end uh, um it just it just does not stop you know it just does not stop um Anyway, I sounded really snobbish there, so let's hear your snobbish rant. That's perfect because, uh, well, now I know exactly what I'm going to start all of my replies to. <laughs> personally, yeah, I just, you know, personally, just like. All right, shut up. <laughs> um, okay, so out here in Michigan, there is a, I don't, it's, it's a colo, it's not so much a colloquialism. I still, I never will ever be able to say that. <laughs> but it's 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 a a thing that Michiganders do where they put an S on the end of pronouns for right. no reason at an, all. An S, you said? An S. Okay. They pluralize it, but it's a pronoun and it's a singular thing they're talking about. Let me give you an example. I'm gonna go down to the Kroger's, or but that's what it's okay. it's Kroger. Yeah, yeah, it's Kroger. I was gonna say. 
Kroger's. I'm going to Kroger's. Or I'm going to Myers. Or Burger King's. I'm I'm getting I'm getting the sense that this is this is one person that only says this to you, Brian. I'm, this is I'm, but I'm, but that's just a guess. This is a Michigan-wide epidemic. I'm telling you, it's I, <laughs> it's 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 mind-boggling. I don't understand it. I don't know where it comes from, but people do it everywhere. My 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 stepfather's entire family does it. I don't I don't know. It's it's. Where are you at in Michigan? I'm in, I'm like north of Detroit. I'm in like Oakland County. Ah, okay. Regular, like regular suburban area, you know, and it, I, I don't, man, man, it's tough. It's tough to talk about. It just does uh, not, it boggles the mind to be able to, to be on Windy City Gridirons, you know, to talk about <laughs> it. It personally gets yeah. it. Personally, yeah. It's as if you were to say, you know, I want to go on, you know, I'm going to Twitter's to, to get, you know, to, to talk about my pedantic rant. And yeah. I have, if I have, a, if I could do an offshoot of this, it would be my, my salary cap nerd offshoot of this would be people that projects cap space without understanding the cost of in-season co- of uh, in-season expenditures like how much a practice squad costs or an IR cushion for guys that have to go on IR and, you know, workout bonuses and all the other, the nerdiest crap that you could not care about, but matters tremendously. <laughs> it, it, you know, matters tremendously to my Excel spreadsheet. I can show <laughs> you, God damn it. Um, but uh, I have it pulled up on my phone. Would you stop at a new year's party? <laughs> No, you don't understand. We can't fit it in there. We have to. We have a practice squad. We have to field. It's going to cost two point two four million minimum. Ryan, give me another beer and shut up. <laughs> exactly. See, these are these are the problems of uh, of salary cap, <laughs> cap salary cap geekdom. You know, that's how it goes. He is Brian Phillips, and he writes for SB Nation's Patriots website, Pat's Pulpit, the best Patriot source you'll find. You can follow him on Twitter at bphillips underscore sb. Uh, you can't miss him. He has a collage of Jimmy Garoppolo smiling and making smoldering looks as his cover. Looking at it right now, it's actually pretty remarkable. My lost son. Come back to us, James. That's uh, uh, James, not even Jimmy. James. Arlington Heights native. Uh, I'm not, uh, but I'm not. I'm not the local. I'm not the guy that that fawns over local kids, Brian. You're you're barking up the wrong tree. I I lived I lived just miles from his upbringing. His and you, and you never reached out. And you never reached out. Well, he was in New England at the time, and you know we have a it's a it's tough between us. <sighs> he has a he has a he has a weird relationship with the former Patriots. Underscore SB, the salary cap nerd. He, and he covers the Patriots. Uh, you get the best of every world here. Follow us on Twitter at WC Gridiron and follow me on Twitter at Robert Zablinski. And as always, I, I mean, I sign off with these other, the same thing and everyone. Stay classy, everybody.
is maybe the night that my dreams might let me know all the stars are closer all the stars are closer tell me what you gonna do to me confrontation ain't nothing new to me you could bring a bullet bring a sword bring a morgue but you can't bring the truth to me alexa play kendrick lamar and scissor okay With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, Maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.